Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. It's Sunday evening, and welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Your hosts for tonight's show are Robert Brining and Jeremy Dunn. They'll be taking your calls and speaking on the topic of the week. You're encouraged to call in and share some of your life experiences with us. The number to call is 347-215-9442. That number again, 347-215-9442. Welcome to Pause I Am Radio. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Pause I Am Radio. I am your host, Robert Brining. This evening, joined by my co-host, Jeremy Dunn. Jeremy, happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. <laughs> nice some Sundays to sit back you know every night and do the show. Oh, I love Sundays, because especially today. Today was great, because today was Bark in the Park um, <laughs> for uh, the Charlotte Knights baseball team. It's the they're a triple A um mm-hmm. minor league baseball. And we could bring the dog. And today was her first, very first baseball game. I saw that on your Facebook and I was like, What is he talking about taking his dog to the baseball game? Yep. Never heard of such a thing. Yep, Bark in the Park. Um and the proceeds that they made from today's game went to uh benefit the Humane Society. So that was good. Yeah, yeah, and I have to tell you though, this the funniest thing, and I, I never laughed so hard in my life. It um, so we were probably I think it was about the top of the sixth inning, and Mark and I are sitting there. We're over there. We're having a good time, and then you hear this doorbell go off on the PA system. Ding dong! Every dog in the place went nuts. <laughs> <laughs> They're all barking, going, who's at the door? Who's at the door? <laughs> right, and then they did, sure. Oh, and then they did it again later on in the game. It was, it it cracked us up. It it, it was the funniest thing. It, it was just amazing. This ding dong, the doorbell goes off, and every dog in the place is going nuts. <laughs> who's here? Got who's him. here? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Yeah, my dogs would be going up too. It, it was fun. It was it was a good good time. I'm sure. I've never heard of that. I wonder if they do that here in Philly. They might. Huh. Hmm. So anyway, that's right. Um, yeah. Hmm. One thing I wanted to talk about, um, which isn't kind of necessarily HIV related specifically, but um, I wanted to talk about um, those people that have lost their livelihood in Alabama. And all the states that those tornadoes have kind of gone through and wiped out everything. I mean, have you seen it? I mean, I'm sure you've heard about it. In Alabama? Yeah, well, Alabama everywhere. Wherever, yeah. You know, it's like seven states that went across. Well, we had some tornadoes that hit here on the, what was it, the 16th? And we were lucky enough to be out of the line of them because they hit just north and east of us near Raleigh and Durham. And it's a mess. It is an absolute mess all over the place. Yeah, I was talking to my friend Jen, who lives in Alabama, and she said she was about four miles away from the the line where the tornadoes went through, and she said she literally saw it live, three large tornadoes that were a mile wide, like yeah. coming, you know, over through the states. And it's just horrific, and I just kind of wanted to send out kind of like prayers to those people who, you know, were affected by it because it's very – devastating to them you know everything is gone it's i mean the scenes on on the news are horrible yeah it it looks like you know to me it it looks like you know it's total devastation total devastation and she said just being there um it kind of she said it's it's almost as bad as katrina she said she goes because it's so bad 
Well, and and two, the what's really bad about tornadoes is that a tornado can touch down, it and it's indiscriminate. It it can hit a house here and then leave the house right next door alone, and then go to the next house, and and it, it's they're frightening. It's they're a frightening experience. And it's very scary. And and it's sad. It really is when you think about people. I, what is it? Uh-huh. How many people are dead now? I think over three. I want to say three forty. I think I think that's I heard what the last I count think, was. I think that's what it is. Yeah, somewhere in the three hundreds. And it, it's 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 a horrifying it's a horrifying thing. And um, some people didn't have. Uh, basements and some you know some were coming out of their basements to see that they have no more house nothing yeah nothing left it's mother nature is (laughs) you know (laughs) yeah exactly it's there's nothing like the power of nature and and we i think oftentimes forget just how awesome um Awesome she is, you know, right. and that's, I think that's a lot of people ahead. take things for granted. So, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, not saying that anybody you know does is, but I mean, people do that, and when things like this happen, um, it's kind of like a, a, a reality check. It really puts a lot of things into perspective. You know, with the earthquake that happened in Japan, like all these big things that are happening, something's going on. You know, with <laughs> the world, <laughs> the planet. Well, you know, there's I, I think there's one doomsday religion out there that thinks that the end of the world is going to happen this month. When is it? May twentieth, May twenty first, something birthday. like that. What's That's that? My birthday. That's my oh, birthday. See? There it is. Done. We're, it's over. <laughs> That's why we're going to die. <laughs> exactly. Happy birthday, Robert. Kiss your asses goodbye. Um, or and then you've got you know the whole twenty twelve thing. You know, going on. I mean, right. it's just people read into things. I think people read into um, this all the time. But it, it's just the fact of the matter: the planet is heating up. The um, and the and the storms, I think, are just going to get more violent as as the weather and climate changes. I know, yeah. heresy, greenhouse gases, greenhouse emissions, all that stuff. It's kind of scary. Really, really it is. is. But- there's nothing that we can do about it. Yeah, that's that's, that's, we can that's pray the worst part, who, right? You know, yeah, but we can at least pray for those who are affected by it. And Absolutely. But um, just uh, one more thing about the tornado before I, I mean, it's not really not on subject, but um, there was a lady who created a Facebook page that I saw who found all these photos by her house, and she's returning all these photos that blew like. A hundred miles away, you know, wow. from the tornado, and she's like, people are like going to the page, and she's mailing the photos back to people because they'll never get these memories back unless somebody, you know, mails them back. And she actually has all these photos from all these different families, and she's like, you know, mailing them back to them so they have their memories still. And I think that's really cool. Isn't that sweet? Yeah. Aww. Very very sweet. Very that is sweet. Nice. So um, tonight I wanted to. Um, Talk a little bit about um, some people don't know that we also have a social network that coincides with our radio show, and you can find we information do? on that. At, yeah, over at posim.com, and you can uh, join there. And you know, we have uh, we just passed 2,400 members, so you can wow. go there and you know find other people who are, can relate to what it, you know to relate to living with HIV every day and going through taking medicine or worrying about coming out or somebody finding out, and you can just kind of share personal stories. So, you know, people understand that they're not alone because that's basically kind of why we did the radio show and why the social network was created was so I didn't know and Jeremy didn't know we were not alone. There's other people out there like us, and I think that's, you know, kind of really special. So go check that out there. Um, Yay. I want you to talk a little bit about the um, the AIDS walk that you were on and represented uh, the radio show and, and all that good stuff. Oh, Yeah. Because I saw great Doesn't photos. It seem like it's been like a month ago or something like that. Has it been that far? But I don't think you talked uh, about the afterwards, did you? It's been three weeks. 
I think. Well, Jack was on the last two weeks. Yeah. So, so there it is. Yeah. So there you yeah, have it. Me in. Yeah. So, um, it was really, really nice to see. I think we had a little over 300, 300 participants, and they raised a little over thirty thousand dollars. So um, that's that's not small change for for uh, the Gaston County, and especially who it benefits. It benefits the House of Mercy, and uh, the House of Mercy is was founded by the Sisters of Mercy, um, which is a bunch of nuns. And uh, the House of Mercy is a resident for um, for people who are living with the end stages of AIDS, and um, it, some actually do uh, do not leave, and some have actually um, gotten better and have been able to move out on their own um, from the House of Mercy and into and get jobs and things like that. So that, I mean, they do great work. Um, I posted uh, the link out on the out on the Facebook site. Um, I need to get it over to uh, the Pause I Am site too, and uh, so everybody can check it out there as well. But we had a great time um, on the big banner that was walked down. You can see Pause I Am Radio right there, right in the middle of the banner. It was great. Um, yeah, it was. <laughs> it, it was. It was kind of cool. Going, hey, I know who that is. Right. You know, it's kind of yeah. nice. And uh, and and it was just it it was a good time. With a lot of good people and for a great, great cause. So, great. So they can find that if they go to your Facebook page or if they actually. I think um, you may have even posted it on the radio show page. Um, I did. Yeah, people can go to the Pausing Radio Facebook page there and check out the photos from the walk. Um, they're awesome. I mean, I saw them. I was like, I got excited. I was like, oh look, there's Pausing's logo on that big ass banner. <laughs> I know. It's really they, cool. And it's big. And it, yeah. it wasn't just a small little logo either. I mean, it's big. It's it's prominent. Wow. Okay. So actually, we have tonight's guest on the line. So do we? Do we? Do we? Um, yeah, I'm excited to um, speak with Anthony. Ready? I'm gonna. I'm gonna I told him I was gonna butcher his name, and I told him I won't this time. But it's Palamini, Anthony Palamini from um, the My Age campaign. Um, is gonna come on and share some of his personal story with us, and then talk about what um, led him to create um, my aid. So please help us welcome Anthony Palamini. You're welcome to the show. Thank you. You're welcome. Absolutely a pleasure to be on your show, Robert. Um, Yeah, I was going to say, luckily it's a gorgeous day here in Las Vegas, so just kind of been enjoying it. Oh, yeah? Is it like 110 yet? Uh, No, we actually are kind of having a cold May. It's only about seventy to eighty right now. So, cold May, oh, ladies God. and gentlemen, cold May. Yeah. <laughs> so you're calling from Sin City. Yes, I am. So are you? Oh, are, is is it really a rule there that you can't talk about what happens there? It all stays. Uh, well, actually, that's kind of one of our biggest issues going on, especially in the HIV community in the city. Um, people are afraid to even talk about what's going on. So for some reason right now, it's kind of holding true. People are not talking about what happens here. Hmm. In, in in all sense of the word, or in all sense of that campaign. Exactly. <clears throat> but wow. there are a few of us that are starting to speak out. Nice. So, so well, let's talk about that. Um. So- Oh, well, just a little bit about my background. Um, yeah. I was diagnosed with HIV back in 2006. Actually, in about a week and a half is my five-year anniversary of being diagnosed. Um, and at that point, I had already pretty much come to terms because I found out after I slept with a certain somebody um, that he knew that he was HIV positive. So, uh I kind of went through the whole self-devastation when I found out that he was positive knowing the risk factors that we had. Um, So when I found out, it was kind of the whole, I broke down for about two hours and got over it. Um, But that day was an interesting day. I mean, um, at that point, I was on the board of directors for the Gay and Lesbian Center in Southern Nevada, and 
even though I knew we had a couple of HIV agencies here, nobody talks about being HIV positive. Um, and there's only really one, maybe two people that I knew that I could actually talk to, and that was a, a staff member of ours at the Gay and Lesbian Center. So I went down and talked to him and um, was glad that they were there, him and the executive director, and the executive director um, actually gave me some of the best advice I had ever gotten. And um, she knew me, she knew how active I was, and she told me, she's like, do you want, until you actually know what your own story is, don't go out and share it. You need to understand what your story is. Um, and it kind of took me a little bit to understand what she meant by that, but now I do. So. I, I think that's great advice. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Well, I think a lot of us, I, on my blog, I posted um, a new poll as to uh, do you disclose as far as how many people know um, it just went live today, so I don't know if we have any answers on it yet or not. But um, it, does everybody know? Does your family and close friends, or do you not have anybody that you've told? So I think it's something that we all kind of need to understand our own comfort levels and why we talk about it and why we don't talk about it and um, just kind of need to tailor those conversations a little bit more. No, I think uh, that I, I I agree with you because I know for me it was I it was very tough for me to to come out about my status. You know, I had to fully accept me being diagnosed and understand you know what this process was in this new journey that I was going to go on before I was confident enough to share my story. And I think meeting people, you know, in us being going out and somewhat being public about our status, we obviously meet other people you know on a daily basis that are newly diagnosed and. To watch them go through that transformation process from newly diagnosed and scared to now, you know, maybe creating their own My AIDS campaign, you know, poster and doing something mm -hmm. totally off the wall. Just having that experience in front of you is it's just amazing. Don't you, don't, you know what I mean? Like being able to, to see that. Yeah, well, it is. And, I mean, we also need more of us that are out there not just telling our stories but kind of pushing our stories. Um, and the reason why I said we kind of have to push and we have to be bigger advocates is we might talk within our circle of friends and it's all great, but a lot of people know us and unless we actually talk about it in general, they don't know that they can talk to us. Um, since I was diagnosed, I've been on TV, I've been followed at the AIDS walk um, for the news cameras and I've had different articles in the newspaper and because of that, I personally have helped about 75 people here in Las Vegas with their HIV diagnosis. Um, I mean, a friend of mine, I was the first person he called. He was in the hospital, and he called me. And I went down there, and I sat with him for three hours and just talked about it. Um, so unless we really put our voices out there, we don't know. And it's interesting. I'll be in a room and it'll be a group of like seven or eight gay men, and I'll state that I'm HIV positive, and by the end of the discussion, we find out five of us are. Wow. We would have never known that if I hadn't brought it up. So sure. it's always interesting how the power of speaking out about it really influences other people. Now, Anthony, were you somebody who always was open to you know, being kind of in the spotlight, like growing up, I know I read that you did a lot of volunteering and stuff like that. Do you think that that kind of is kind of what shot you out there to be that kind of person, or was it the way that you grew up? Or um, Actually, it's kind of funny. I am completely the opposite of what I used to be. I mean, I used to be the little short, chubby, fat kid um, that always did a lot of stuff but was never really recognized for it. Um and then all of a sudden that completely changed. And so, and on the other hand, I don't really care. I mean, my people ask me, how can you be so open about it? And, I mean, I completely, I'm blunt, number one. Uh, I might be construed as kind of being bitchy every once in a while, and it's not bad at all. It's just I don't have time to sugarcoat a lot of issues. And so mm -hmm. when people ask me, how can I be so open about it? 
I tell him, I'm like, look, if I'm sleeping with you, I'm going to tell you. If I'm not sleeping with you and you just know me, I really don't care whether you know or not because you you have no impact really on my life. If you employ me and I tell you that I'm HIV positive, good luck trying to get rid of me at that point because they at that point fully understand I'm protected as someone living with a disability. Um, and from there, it's kind of like, do you know what? And a quote, Jeremy, that you had um, and your application for the MAIS campaign is so true, the Dr. Seuss quote. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> it's so true, and that to me is exactly it. For um, those that matter, uh, what is that quote? I have it. <laughs> Let me pull it up. I'm like, it was. It was Jeremy, don't you know it? Um, what is um, it? It's, oh, crap. I don't even remember it. <laughs> I can pull it up. I have your application right here. Um but I mean it was it was really the quote that explains all of it. Um it's uh, be comfortable with who you are. Yeah, be comfortable yeah. with who you are and say what you feel because the people that mind don't matter and the people that matter don't mind. Exactly. Right. And <clears throat> that's how I started looking at it. Now, granted we all can't have extremely tough skin and I mean I help people a friend of mine has not told his mom that he's HIV positive, and he's been positive for 13 years, um, and he's about to do that. It took me a good year to tell my mom that I was HIV positive. So we all have to understand our comfort level, too. Um, mm -hmm. But, yeah, I mean, as far as me being open about it, it's a good thing and a bad thing. Um, and the good definitely outweighs the bad. But um, here in Las Vegas, it, I am starting to become some people's target as far as um, them wanting to create excuses for why they aren't doing their jobs appropriately. Um, but on the other hand, I don't get paid anything to do what I do, and they have nice little cushy salaries to do what they do. So exactly. it's kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but, no, I mean, I'm proud of what I've created. I'm proud of the organization. And for me, it's I am who I am, and I can't change that, so I'm going to be proud of it. You know, here, here, you know. Me. And the, the, I think you also just hit something on the head is is that we have to realize because what happens is I think all of us go through this, and it, it, it's when we get diagnosed, we go through this self-punishment, this self-loathing, this, this, this thing that we go through because it's like, how did I let it happen to me? I should never have done that. But what we, all, what we tend to forget during that time period is that, you know, I'm still who I am. Nothing has changed. Oh, yeah. And, and being able to embrace that is, is very, very important. Well, it's not only embracing it, and it's, I think, a lot of the common stories, and I, I'm sure all of you have heard this, and I hear it all the time, is when you're diagnosed, you're almost given that second chance. Um, I mean, I was 24 when I was diagnosed, and it really was mortality smacking me in the face as to I'm human, I'm not perfect. and But it made me start appreciating life that much more and am I proud of being positive no am I proud of who I am while being positive absolutely um, I mean it's kind of like in one of my blogs I never grew up saying I wanted to be an HIV activist when I grew up I don't think any of us do but no. now I now I'm doing what I do and I love it I want to change it for anything in the world so mm. It's amazing how activism kind of, um, for for me, it, act, the, my activism has uh, made this made the world a much smaller place. It does, it does, and seeing the commonalities of all yeah. of us. I mean, it doesn't Absolutely. matter whether you're in North Carolina and Roberts in Pennsylvania, me in Vegas, or some of the people that I've talked to in Ethiopia or 
uh, South Africa or Nepal or anywhere. We all have the same common stories that might have happened differently, but we all have the same emotions that happened because of them. Yep, that is so, so true. So you are coming up on your five-year, is that right? I am. Wow, your pause anniversary. Yeah, I was going to say my pause anniversary. Um, (laughs) And it's interesting because I literally, for five years, um, my immune system handled the disease by itself. Um, And then I actually started meds three days ago. Wow. So that was a huge adjustment for me. It still is, but So so <sighs> let let me ask you about that. How do you feel about it? Um, do you know what? It was time. It was always kind of hard to yeah, that's kind of that last finalization of this is real. Holy crap, it's real. Um but I actually I was lucky the way it happened was really someone kind of looking out for me, all of the circumstances kind of happened. I'm extremely lucky, and I know that um, no matter how hard it is to actually face having to go on meds, I know that I'm personally lucky in the way it happened. But um, And I'm actually having dinner with a friend of mine that kind of inspired me. A friend of mine's 20 years old and just moved to Vegas about nine months ago. He's HIV positive, and we were talking, and he's like, yeah. He's like, I need to go ahead and get in services. I haven't had my blood work done in nine months. I'm like, oh, well, I haven't had mine done in a little while. Um, he's like, well, can you help me get in services? And for some reason, I ended up calling our health district, which is starting to do case management now. And I called them pretty much on behalf of him, asking, are you doing intake right now, and what is the procedures and everything else? And they're like, well, what is your name? I'm like, Anthony Palomini, and they're like, well, hold on, aren't you, you've been with us before, too, and I'm like, yeah, they're like, when was the last time you were in? I'm like, probably about two years ago. They're like, you need to come back in, and I'm like, I know. They're like, no, can you come in tomorrow? We'll do your blood work for free. I'm like, fine, I'll be in. I'm like, but what about the friend of mine? They're like, well, have him call. We'll set up his intake, and so I went in the next day, took all the vials of blood and everything else. And then um, the next week, I went in with another friend of mine to his first doctor's appointment with our top HIV specialist. And so I was there helping him, learning how to kind of build that relationship with your HIV doctor. And the doctor is kind of a colleague. We know a lot of the same people on the national scene. Um, And so we started talking. He was like, well, there is a brand-new study out right now He's like, it actually might be good for you, too. Um, it's the new Vive single or 357 try. He's like, it's kind of, they're trying it out as the new one pill once a day from Vive versus the triplet. And so I went ahead, I called the study and talked to them. I went through all the research, all of the background, what the study is, how the performance has been, and I started looking at it. I'm like, okay, well, if I go on meds, chances are I'm going to go on a triplet anyways. And the results are showing that the new medication might be better than a triplet. So I'm like, hmm. Um, went ahead, joined the study, and, I mean, my medications are taken care of for two years. Um, all of my blood work, all my care is provided for two years. And yeah, the results are showing to be extremely promising. So I don't know if I'm on a triplet or if I'm on the new medication. Oh, you're on, a, you're on a blind study? I'm on a blind study. Are, is it a double blind, or is it just you're blind? Um, well, Not that you're blind, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, what's <laughs> interesting is the funny part is, is apparently the medication doesn't have some of the side effects that a triplet has. So the doctor's like, I don't know who is given what, but on the other hand, he's like, about normally a month to two months in, I, I can tell who's on what. Um, but no, I mean, I was just lucky because the study is only accepting like 700 and some people into the study internationally, number one. And then number two, um, I talked to the doctor. And I'm like, well, how many more people are you accepting into the study? He's like, interesting that you asked that. He's like, you're one of the last Caucasian males 
to be accepted into the study. He's like, they already hit their maximum as to their participation that they can have for that category. Mm. Um, did the screening, it came back, and then literally on Thursday I had my, what is called day one. So it was kind of nerve-wracking, though. <laughs> well, well take it from a meds veteran. It does get easier. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, but as of right now, I mean, there's been no side effects, but it's only 72 hours really kind of into it, so I don't know. <laughs> so when do you take them? Do you take them in the morning? Do you take them at night? I take them at night. Um, yeah. It's three pills <clears throat> just because of it being the study. So um, three pills once a day. <clears throat> um, two of them are kind of horse pills, and then there's one itty-bitty pill, and that's it. So. Um, it's not that bad. I mean, I always was, kind of looked at it to where it could be worse. What was the reason that, what what made you after five years? Because it's interesting to talk about how you're just starting meds because on, on the Podcast Network, our blogger's topic for this month is uh, starting meds. So everybody is blogging about their, you know, when they started meds and what the process was for them. So, again, it's similar how it parallels with tonight's show. But what was what made you do it? Was it your nurse? Was it a doctor? Or was it, like, what made you all of a sudden be like, about time? Because I waited nine years to start meds yeah. because my counts were good. Uh, there's a couple of things that kind of helped me decide to go on meds. Um, <clears throat> number one, not having health insurance, kind of. And having the study happen where I don't have to pay for it for two years, that helps drastically. Um, Number two, and in the medical industry, we know that inflammation can also be really devastating to the body. Um, We don't know the full extent, but I know for me it's been one of those things. And then kind of the last straw for me was just over two years ago, my CD4 count was 762. Um, When I went in and had my blood work done, it dropped down to 369, which was the lowest it had ever been. But I wasn't too worried about it. Um, Went ahead and did the screening for the new study, and my CD4 came back at 284. So it kind of happened just coincidental that my CD4 was starting to rapidly drop when I was going into the study. So it was just, something just told me it was time. And I think that's, for all of us, we need to be okay with it. I mean, I actually tell people, I'm like, look, if you don't have stability in your life, don't start taking meds until you're ready to do it. Um, Because one of the worst things that we can do is start taking meds and then not be able to get meds four months down the road um, because we have to move or, financially we're not ready to do it or we can't get the help or whatever it is, it's an investment of time to do it. Um, And that's kind of what I help tell people is make sure it's your time, not just the doctor saying maybe you should go on. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, you're, you're right. You have to be ready. And there has to, and I think you said it, or the key word there was stability. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of research that shows that the more stable a person is, the more likely they're going to adhere to their medicine regimen. So adherence is, is the key. If you can't adhere to a regimen, you've got to talk to your doctor and you've got to figure something out. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. But, I mean, overall, I'm looking forward to it. Am I happy that I have to take the pills? No, but... Am I glad that the pills are there and they're there to manage me uh, yeah. as far as maintaining the disease? Absolutely. You know, and i got to tell you, I totally changed my mindset because I've been taking them since di- my diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just look at it as my evening vitamins. Yeah. I take vitamins in the morning. I take vitamins in the evening. So... <laughs> You know, it's. I, I think all of us have have that. Do do something like that. You know, to convince ourselves that it's not really what it is. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, I kind of look at it as to do you know what? It's easier to take the meds to keep me healthy than it is to go to the gym 
an hour a day. So <laughs> I'm not I'm not a big gym rat. I mean, I try to stay skinny, but I hate going to the gym. So I I'm like, it's easier to pop the pills to keep me healthy. <laughs> yeah, and I just stopped. Are eating. you a gym rat, Jeremy? I I try to be. I can't. No, I'll just play soccer. It's easier. Yeah. No, I play more. You run around, and you don't know. See, there you go. So, so what is it? Uh, I want to start to to move on to this new to this campaign that you're working with, the My Aids campaign. I want to talk about it because it's amazing. You know, it's kind of interesting because I was I, with all everybody doing these weird and different things, change your Facebook profile to your favorite cartoon to this to that to this to that. I want I always wanted to do something that was HIV AIDS related, and then I came across your My Aids campaign, which I think is fabulous. And can you tell us a little bit about that? Because as people are watching now uh, and listening to the show, they're seeing some photos um, go through on the show page. And they're actually um, Anthony's, uh, myself, and Jeremy's uh, My AIDS campaign posters. And, uh, you know, I just want you to talk a little bit about what that's all about and why you created it and how people can go and make their own. Yeah. Um, The My AIDS campaign is a program of the organization I started. Um, I started My AIDS. and kind of <clears throat> explain my age just a little bit. Um, about four, four and a half years ago, I started looking at all of the HIV agencies I knew of. And not just here in Vegas, but in Portland, which is home for me, um, and throughout the country. And I started looking at what they do and why they do it and everything else. And I was like, okay, I like some. I don't like others. I don't like a, the way a lot of them operate. I'm like... If I was to start an HIV organization, how would I have it run? As someone that's living with HIV, how would I do it? Um, And then one day I was at my computer, and I realized myhiv.org and myaids.org were available to buy. And I'm like, you know what, that's perfect. Because we all have to take control of this disease ourselves. Um, It's something that we can't be taking care of anymore. We have to do it. and so I'm like, okay, my AIDS works perfectly. It is my AIDS organization. How would right. I build it for me? Because if I build it for me, it's going to be built for everybody else as a mm-hmm. consumer, not as somebody that just wants to control a grant. Um, <clears throat> and then from there, different programs cr- were created. And it was interesting how the My AIDS campaign started. I was actually at the bank um, and the teller pulled up the bank account information. She's like, so what do you do as an organization? I said, well, we really kind of work on connecting people with services and public awareness. And she's like, well, I want to volunteer. How can I get involved? And I said, well, until we have an event coming up, we really don't have a lot of volunteer opportunities. I'm like, but here's my card. Email me so I have your contact information, and I'll let you know when you can volunteer. And got in my car and I started driving away. And I'm like, do you know what? We have to create a way to get everybody involved. As much as they want or as little as they want, everybody has the potential of making a difference. And so I started coming up with ideas. And I'm like, well, why not personalizing campaigns? HIV affects everybody in some form, whether it's just having to get tested for it or you're a relative of someone or you're dating someone or you're a public figure that wants to help or you're infected, everybody is affected by HIV. Mm-hmm. So um, I kind of came up with the concept of the poster and it went through development for about three months and then we finally launched on the National HIV Testing Day of last year. Um, and the campaign has grown drastically since then. Um, and what it really is is everybody has their own campaign. I mean, Robert, yours is Pause I Am. That's what you do. That's how you're making a difference. Um, Jeremy, yours is Positively Speaking. Um, People throughout the country are doing their own campaigns, and we just want to help them bring those tools together and make as much of a difference or as little as a difference as they want, but we're here to help them. So I think it's brilliant. I, I think what you are doing is brilliant. And it's like why, it, it, it's like why didn't anybody think of this sooner? But it's brilliant. Yeah. Well, thank you. 
by the way. You're welcome. Um, and actually, uh, on the one-year anniversary of the MyAIDS campaign, we are starting a brand-new program. I'm going to go ahead and kind of debut it on your radio show, Robert. Um, <laughs> the MyAIDS campaign is building a lot bigger, and what we're actually doing is for anybody and everybody that joins the campaign, we're actually building in fundraising functionalities for them specifically. Because um, we know some people, if we ship them the 20 posters that um, we do, they might put up two or three. Other people, like Deb Garner, which has also joined the campaign, he could probably go through 200 posters in a month or two. Mm-hmm. And so we're like, okay, how can we provide additional support to them? So what we're doing is we're actually creating a store where you can either buy more posters or postcards if you want to ship out your poster to people or whatever it is. We're also creating individual profiles for the MyAIDS campaign. And what that profile is going to do is you're going to be able to send out a link to your page. And so if you send it out to whoever you want, asking them to donate, what we are actually building is the ability for you to go out and fundraise, 35% of whatever you fundraise goes to continuing the campaign, so helping us build it internationally. 65% of it, though, stays in your account for you to spend as you wish. Granted, it has to be spent per category, but if you want to go to, let's say, the U.S. Conference on AIDS, we will, if you fundraise that money, we'll pay for your airplane ticket, a conference registration fees, whatever it is that you want, you have the ability to go out and fundraise for it because we all know being an activist costs us a lot of money. So <laughs> we're trying to build the additional functionalities for people to make even a bigger difference. And I think that's great because it, it's not only for people who are activists like ourselves, but it's the everyday person who maybe, like you said, has a partner or a relative um, that is HIV positive, and they can go and create their own poster. Um, again, they can go to myagecampaign.org and, and check it out. Go create your own poster, add your campaign. It's it's awesome. I mean, it's, yeah. it's amazing. I think, like I said, I, I only wish I could have thought of it. That's how great it is. <laughs> well, we love that you are helping to push it. And, yeah, I mean, like you said, we actually have seven different categories of campaigns. Um, we have My HIV, My AIDS for people that are infected. Um, we have the My Relative campaign for people that have family members that are HIV positive. And then My Partner for um, couples that are opposite. And then we also we created the My Care campaign for doctors, nurses, case managers, any of those. And then our generalized campaign is my test campaign. That's really our go out, get tested awareness poster that anybody can join. Um, and then the My Voice campaign is really for public uh, figures and celebrities because we want them to be able to make as big of an impact as possible. So you said that was the I My mean, Voice, have, huh? That was That's the My, my Voice. voice. Yes, and my voice, we're actually very, very strict on it. Um, if you are HIV positive and you're stating it in your paragraph, we're still having you do the My HIV campaign. Um, and the reason for us is even if Magic Johnson kind of joined the campaign, to me it's a bigger impact for him to do it because he's positive, not because he's Magic Johnson. Um, right. I mean, we have to share our stories and why it's important. And we actually have uh, Miss International Gay Rodeo that is a part of the campaign. And she wanted to do the My Voice. And I told her, I'm like, look, if people see your poster and it's My Voice, they're not going to really equate you being HIV positive and it's not going to make as big of a difference. I'm like, but if they see your title and My HIV, you're going to make a huge impact. And she's like, you know what, that's right. Um, so well, I understand because I understand because when I signed up, I think I actually put my voice. <laughs> you did. Um, I, I think I did. That's the one I just picked. It. I just think I randomly picked that because I feel like I use, you know what I mean, like my voice is what I use. So, I mean, it's no big mm-hmm. deal, whatever. But I think I understand what you're saying of how you're, you know, 
going to kind of yield that just for people who are using their voice and are celebrities and aren't HIV positive. Yeah, uh, it's kind of like the celebrities that we had at our World AIDS Day event. We're trying to have them join the campaign now. And like Maya is one that I'm trying to have her join. Uh, Kimberly Locke is another one. Michael Costello from Project Runway. So we're going back to them and saying, will you do the My Voice campaigns? Because their ability to hit their audience is so much bigger than us, personally. I mean, Maya's a Grammy did Award try, winner. And, yeah, did you try, uh, to contact, um, on, try to contact Angina or Mondo? Um, Michael Costello is actually very good friends with Mondo. Um, I haven't talked to Mondo specifically yet. Um, I would love to have him do it. I gave Angina the information about a year ago, uh, not quite, about nine months ago at an event. And yeah. she hasn't responded to an email yet. Um, I've actually talked to Jack McEnroth. I know Jack. Um, him and mm-hmm. I had dinner a couple of years ago in D.C., and then we see each other at different events. And I love Jack to death. Um, and one of these days we'll get him on a poster, but there's just a lot of hoops and hurdles we have to go through with him. But one of these days we'll get him on a poster. Um, right. <laughs> But, no, I mean, it's really there for everybody. We have a couple of contracts coming up. Um, If they were signed, I would disclose what it is. But let me put it this way. It will be about a 1,000 different campaigns that we'll be doing specifically for Africa. Um, So the campaign is really international. Um, We're about to hit the six major continents soon. So... And we're starting to ship out as we have the money to get posters printed. Um, And for all of you that might be listening that have joined the campaign, we do apologize. We're just waiting for more money to come in so we can print your posters. Um, We're actually shipping out the first set of 10 um, this week. So 200 posters are going out this week. And then as money comes in, we'll get the rest of them printed for everybody. Um, so you mean to tell me that people go there and they create their poster, you know, they give you their information like me and Jeremy did, and then you create this poster for the person like you did for us, mm-hmm. and then you, other than sending out an image, you also send them an actual poster of themselves? Yeah, we actually send them 20 posters for them to put up in their own community. Uh, uh, and, is that, and, and this doesn't cost anything for the people who are going there. It does not cost them. It costs us. So right. I have to work that much harder to pay for it out of my own pocket most of the time. So, but, yeah, so it that costs means, us as an organization. So that means yeah, everybody, yeah, if you're yeah. going in there and you're asking for a poster, donate. Make sure yeah, that you, yeah. you donate back because the the money that you donate certainly will be given to you back in, in these posters. So essentially you're buying your posters. But donate, 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 and help those who can't afford their own posters um, get them. So yeah, there. Well, there you go. It's yeah. I'm I with mean, you, thank Anthony. you so much. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't ever want to have to turn around and say we're going to charge you thirty dollars for twenty posters because we know not everybody has it. So right. <clears throat> I mean, if people are able to donate, I mean, it really as an organization from labor and administrative and just technology and then graphic design and printing, it costs us about 100 to $150 per campaign. Um, wow. Granted, like all of the posters that you have seen for the most part, I have personally done all of the graphic design for. Um, and, I mean, I love doing it. Every time I read anybody's story and see their message, it hits me. I mean, I actually broke into tears the first time we had someone from Africa join. Um, it was it was just beautiful to see someone join, and then just seeing so many different faces sharing their stories of how HIV impacts them is amazing. Um, hey, I'm going to interrupt you just for one second, yep. Anthony, um, only because uh, we are getting down to the last ten minutes. Of the show, if okay. you can believe that, and wow. uh, we wanted to open up the lines, and our our phone number is three four seven two one five nine four four two. If you'd like to call in, 
and uh, talk to Anthony and ask any kind of any questions you've got, and um, or you want to find out more about how to start your own campaign. Again, that number is three four seven two one five nine four four two. And don't forget to press option number one to uh, get noticed in the uh, in the switchboard. Okay, back to you, Anthony. Sorry about that. <laughs> Not a problem. Um, but yeah, I mean, beyond the campaign, though, my aids is. Uh, for the one-year anniversary, we are actually redoing the website right now. We should have <clears throat> the new myaids.org website up and going probably around, I'm guessing, the end of June. Um, but we're adding a whole bunch of new programs. So one of those programs, which I'm extremely excited about, and it's coming out in August, is called My Aids Cooking. Um, we have a chef from the Food Network. Um, Food Network hasn't approved, so I can't really say who it is, but he is a spokesperson for the Food Network that that is becoming our chef. So every week we're going to be coming out with recipes and nutritional tips, and my actual background, believe it or not, is culinary arts. Um, I'm a Le Cordon Bleu graduate, and I used to own a restaurant. So that's one of the programs that we're launching in August. and then we have a mentorship program that is launching. We have uh, social support programs where it's just events that people can go and attend and meet other people that are HIV positive. And then we are actually starting chapters. So um, My AIDS is a national and international organization. Um, and we're actually starting local chapters. So My AIDS Nebraska, Janine Brignola, is actually starting the MyAIDS Nebraska. We have MyAIDS Nevada coming on. And hopefully, if I can talk someone in Pennsylvania to help start Pennsylvania. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and North Carolina. We, well, and the beauty of it is, is like Pennsylvania, just for the MyAIDS campaign, we have about seven or eight people. Yeah. And with the ADAP crisis going on, everybody needs to pull together. I mean, look at Florida and the crisis going on and we kind of look at Florida and say, well, it's happening there, but it's happening to all of us. All of us are seeing the crunch. And even though our independent voices can be extremely loud, when we pull together, it's really a crowd shouting out and saying, this is what we have to do. And a lot of times we need that signatory. We are the organization, and this is our public policy. Because we have to hold everybody accountable, from local governments, for cities and counties to state governments to D.C. I mean, I'm on the board of the National Association of People with AIDS, and I meet frequently with the directors of HIV and AIDS for the U.S. government. I mean, the White House to HOPLA to um, Health and Human Services. And we have to really communicate. And when we're not being heard, we have to start demanding. Um, And we all need that. We need that ability to have a sign-on saying, this is my AIDS Nebraska, this is my AIDS Nevada. And then as the country, we'll be able to pull together even stronger. You know what, Anthony, I mean, this is, I mean, I'm going to tell you right now, this because of all the crap that goes on, I mean, you know, we come out, we decide to share our stories. Not everybody is as friendly and, you know, activist to activist. It's always like, like, we're not on the same team, it seems like. Um, you see a lot in the activism, you know, especially in AIDS activism, where people are trying to compete with each other. And with what you do, it's more about highlighting other people's work, but, you know what I mean, under an umbrella of my AIDS. And I think because the way that you're doing it is so, I guess, more of a friendly way and it's not like territorial or trying to, you know, be better than you or you know what I mean, butting heads, we're working together as a team, I think that alone is what makes me love what my age is all about. Thank you, and that's exactly what I'm trying to do. I mean, we all have to look at it as if we pull together, we'll be able to change everything. If we work independently, we're not going to go very far. Um, And, I mean, Robert, you and I have had this conversation. You have your reach, which is an amazing ability. And then like um, Kevin Maloney and Tom Donahue, the founder of Who's Positive. We all have our reach, and sometimes it overlaps, which is great. But mm-hmm. if we're able to share a voice as a unified voice, 
we're able to hit so many more people. And we have to pick our fights appropriately, and we all kind of have to agree upon that. I mean, ADAP right now is one of those fights that we all have to do. Um, And holding people accountable. Here in Nevada, agencies are running everything, executive directors. I mean, right here in Las Vegas alone, agencies are suing former employees, doing cease and desist, um, doing restraining orders, and it's a mess here. And, I mean, people don't realize, like, the one organization that I'm particularly talking about is now renting 10 penthouse apartments in the same building that they're in. And I'm like, okay, yeah, granted, I would love to live in a penthouse, but what client really needs to live in a penthouse? Could we have spent that money more appropriately? And oversight and just making sure the money that is ours, and this is what I will be saying on Tuesday, the money from Ryan White is my money. It's not an agency's money. It's there to help me survive with HIV. So it's not the county commissioner's money to do with. I mean, if they really want to pick a fight, I'll go to federal and say, you need to start overseeing them a little bit more because they're letting that money be spent frivolously. And because I speak out against one agency and they control 60% of the services, I can't get help. That's not right. So we all have to be able to go and find out what's going on and independently and together support each other. Right. No, I totally agree because I know when I first branched out and came out, you know, and started sharing my story and went and started Pause I Am and everything, um, you know, a lot of it was very uh, confrontational with people, and I didn't realize how bad it was, you know, how people are so about them being this and that and, and, and names and stuff like that and it just became very, like, overwhelming for somebody who's trying to just start sharing their story and becoming an activist. So um, mm-hmm. seeing something like yours is very refreshing, very, very refreshing uh, to yeah. see. And, yeah. and um, we are winding down. So I just want to remind people, to um, they can go check you out, MyAIDS, uh, was it .org? Uh, MyAIDS.org, um, or My you can go to MyHIV.org, either one. It goes to the same website. Um, yeah, and, I mean, just to kind of rebut on that, as far as the activists, People kind of look at us and say, well, you do it for the spotlight. And my comment is, yeah, that's what I want to be famous for is being positive. Right. And, and you know what else I love things. about you, Anthony, is you do what you do, and I do what I do, and Jeremy does what he does, and we don't get paid to do it. We do it uh-huh. because we want to help other people, and I think that's what <laughs> makes us three so amazing. <laughs> I know. I mean, don't get me wrong. I would love to finally have a nice semi-comfortable salary and do what I do full-time and not have to worry about issues. But until right. then, I'm going to keep on doing it. I agree. So. so, Anthony, people can find you on Facebook and Twitter as well, too, right? Yes, they can. You can find me at Anthony Palamini, or a lot of our Facebook and Twitter stuff is My AIDS Campaign, and then you can also find us at MyAIDS.org or the MyAIDS Campaign or MyAIDSCampaign.org. So. Sweet. Well, thank you so much for hanging out with us this hour, Anthony. Okay. Well, thank you so much for having me. Oh, it was Anytime, it was our man. pleasure. You have a great night. And I'm going to be you sending too. in a um, a, a, I'm going to be making a donation either tonight or tomorrow morning. So. Oh, well, thank you so much. Absolutely. We really do appreciate it. So. Okay, Thanks, Anthony. All right. And you can find again more information on Anthony and start your own campaign poster. Go to myaidscampaign.org. Uh, check it out. It's totally, totally awesome. So I'm excited. You know, one thing I did want to talk about real quickly, um, not even on subject, is the royal wedding. Uh, did you watch it? Did you care? Um, not really. Jeremy? No, you didn't I, care? I, well, it, no? It, it doesn't affect me. <laughs> sure, sure, Her dress was, was beautiful. Festival. I will say that. Her dress was beautiful, but... The only thing that was more beautiful than her dress was David Beckham. Was he there? Yes, he was there. Of course he was there. Oh. <laughs> You're so good. I'm like, huh? Uh-huh. Right. So uh, you guys can join us all next week. We are going to have uh, Justin B. Smith on. He's going to talk about his uh, released children's book called I Have a Secret, so don't forget that. Join me and Jack here next week. Jeremy, it was great to chat with you. 
Oh, you know, I, I I miss our Sunday nights when I'm not here. Yeah, I know. We have to. But then I get out. to go to bed early, so. Yeah, right. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> and you're going to take your meds in about a minute. I just took them, actually. That's funny. That's well, why thank my mouth sounded like I was full. So. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Thank you guys all for tuning in, and remember, you can join us here every Sunday at 9 p.m. Eastern time, um, right here at Positive Radio. So, Jeremy. Uh, you can find more information on Jeremy Dunn at PositivelySpeaking.com. That's Positively with a Z. And more information on me and past shows at PositivelySpeaking.com. Have a great night, Jeremy. I will see you in two weeks. All right. Sounds good. Everybody have a great week. Thanks, everyone. Have a good night. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.